Hey, what's going on, guys, and welcome back to Building Romans Empire podcast, episode number 17. So in today's episode, guys, it's uh, it's a mini case study about a burr that I did where I made $78,000 with zero money out of pocket. So how did I do this? We're going to dive deep, break it down, and basically from start to finish. And I apologize, um, I'm a little under the weather. But I still got to record this podcast because I, I, I got to get this information out there. I just closed on this refi and I'm excited about it and I want to tell you guys. So having said that, um, if you haven't checked out podcast, num- podcast number 16, that was the live Q&A session. So a lot of you guys have sent me some DMs on Instagram and I wrote those questions down um, and I addressed them in the live Q&A. And then I answered a bunch of live questions because I also streamed the recording of the podcast on Instagram Live, which I really like doing, by the way. And I'm going to probably do it again here in the next month or so. All right, guys. So if you like the content I put out, just go ahead and like uh, and follow and hit the bell button on whatever platform you follow. And if you would, please leave a review. I think it would um, trigger trigger the algorithms and maybe the, uh, we will um, get the message out to more people because maybe, I don't know, maybe Spotify will push my stuff. Who knows? Um, so anyway, let's get into the news section. Okay, so what's going on with me and my business? What's the news? Okay, so here's the news. We finally closed on our Airbnb it's fully demoed, under construction, like down to the studs in certain areas, re-drywalling the whole thing. I mean, we, we got two containers of trash out of there. It's a disaster. It was a disaster. But, I mean, it was such a deal. It was such an incredible deal that it, it's going to be all worth it. Because once it's stabilized and refinanced, we're going to walk away with a good chunk of change. And we're going to get that monthly cash flow from the operations of the Airbnb Okay, uh, we we also just closed on a condo. I think I touched on that last uh, yeah last uh, podcast. It was a twenty seven k profit. It was about a month turnaround from start to finish. You know, one thing I want to touch on with the condos, guys, like this condo management um, association management was ran by like a mom and pop, basically these two old people that that live in the complex. And they literally micromanage the shit out of you. Like they, it, it it sucked. Like I, if I knew what I had to go through with this condo renovation, I probably wouldn't have done it, especially for a twenty-seven thousand dollar profit. Like, look, twenty-seven grand is twenty-seven grand. I get it, but it's just the headaches that we had to deal with with these mom and pop association people. But anyway, we finally got it done. So that's one thing for you guys to look out on, on condo renovations. Like, look into the association. Like, what are they like? Are they a pain in the ass or maybe they're normal? Like, who knows? Uh, that's something to look, look into because, uh, you know, it's and it's also hard to know ahead of time, too. Like, you'll never know who you're going to be dealing with. But it's but you can look up the association and give the president a call or give him a call and kind of find out what's going on. And a lot of these uh, condo management companies, they're like out of state too. They're like if if I'm in Cleveland, the the management company might be in Vegas or something or in Florida. Like I see that a lot too. So those ones don't really bother you because those management companies are like way removed. But when it's local mom and pop, that's when they really 
Like, especially if it's old, two old people. <laughs> anyway, enough about that, guys. Um, next is what is the farmhouse project. Farmhouse project is still under construction. If you follow me on Instagram, I put I put out videos about it. I th- I'm, I'm doing like a two or three, uh, three or four episode uh, video series on the farmhouse project because it's such a heavy project and it's going to be so high end. Like the finishes on the inside are going to be high end. It's not going. It's not a typical rehab. It's definitely. I consider this one a high end rehab. We're using high end materials, high end finishes. That I decided to document it and I put it in. Um, I filmed a couple of videos on Instagram and I, you know, put them out on Instagram. So if you don't follow me, follow me along and check out those videos. That's RomanEmpire.cle. All right. The next flip is we're literally wrapping it up right now. Uh, it's probably going to hit the market at the end of the week. We got our cleaners lined up, our landscaping lined up, um, just wrapping it all up, tight. You know, all the last minute punched out, punch out stuff. And once that's done, you know, we got photographer coming in, then hitting the market, and we closed on another duplex today. I I love duplexes. This duplex was a crazy deal. I think we got it for fifty eight thousand, and. Once it's like renovated, it's in the part of town where I can get twelve hundred per unit. Okay, I bought this thing for fifty eight thousand. I can get twelve hundred per unit now. Yeah, I got to stabilize it and renovate it. So on the outside, it's good to go. Like you know, I'm probably gonna put in about ten to fifteen grand per unit. So let's say thirty grand max. We're eighty thousand all in, but we're cash flowing at twenty four hundred a month. And then once it's stabilized, I'm going to go to the bank, refinance it, and pull all the money and equity out, walk away with all the money I invested, and $50,000 on top of that with, with uh, tax-free refi proceeds. So I love buying deals like this. All right, guys, let's, let's head into the actual topic. Okay, today's topic, the main the main topic. And the main topic is how I made $78,000 with zero money out of pocket expenses on the Burr deal. So, if you don't know what a Burr is, Burr is buy rent rehab refinance repeat. There's like plenty of books on it. Um, Bigger Pockets talks about it all the time. Well, Okay, so I want to tell you the the burr deal, the burr thing is not that difficult. Like there are a lot of people doing burrs. What's interesting is how I walked away with seventy k in my pocket, but I invested zero money out of my own pocket. So here's how I did it. So when Corona just hit, guys, and again I, I have no script for any of my podcasts, guys. I'm just remembering how it was done and i'm just telling you a story okay there's no script i never write scripts so if i think back to when i bought the place um it was well before before we talk about how i bought the place let me tell you what so when corona hit okay when when that whole thing hit and everyone was running around crazy and then remember the government was given all these crazy incentives and all these loans well, I was in this one group, um, this mastermind group, where I was told that what EIDL loans were, SBA, Small Business Administration, EIDL government loans, and I had no clue what those things were. 
but I was explain, you know, I was told, and that's that's the other thing when you, when you're um, part of masterminds and high higher level groups, um, sometimes you get in, inside information that otherwise you wouldn't have. So anyway, I found out about this um, this loan and I applied. It's all it was all online. You literally fill out this questionnaire and this application online. You know, you had to have a business, though. You couldn't just be a Joe Schmo. Like, you had to have an existing business and an LLC and a bank account, like all that good stuff. So, anyway, so I filled it out and they gave me 10 grand for free. I remember that. That was the advance. In the advance, you don't have to pay back. So, they, they gave me, the government just gave me 10 grand because of the, you know, the virus and how it impacted the economy and blah, blah, blah. So then, um, so then they also gave me fifty-four grand. They approved me for a fifty-four thousand dollar loan, which isn't much, whatever. So they gave me a fifty-four thousand dollar loan, plus they gave me um, the ten grand. So that's like sixty-four k. So I took the loan because the loan you didn't have to start paying on that loan until two years from the date of uh, where you actually originated the loan. So whatever, I took the loan because um, I knew I, I didn't have to pay this thing back or start paying it back for at least two years. And then they extended it again. So it's like two and a half years, if not three years now. So um, so I took the money. And at the same time, coincidentally, um, I got a deal from my direct mail campaign from my probate, from my uh, probate leads. And let me just go back into some again. So if you guys don't know, I'm sorry again, I'm under the weather. If you guys don't know, I do have um, a, a probate course, okay? And if you listen to uh, episode number 14, I, I literally break it all down. But um, the reason I even mention that, because going back to the deal, I got this deal was a probate deal that I got from... Um, from one of my letters, you know, I, we send out all these letters. And, and again, in episode number 14, I break all this down. And I have a training on this, guys, on, on probate marketing blueprint, because probates are the best deals, in my opinion. Well, anyway, <clears throat> going back to whenever this, uh, this happened, I got I got the lead, came in, I went to see the house. And coincidentally, all that lined up with the loan. And, 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 and then, you know, this lead. And what ended up happening was, you know, I locked that house up under contract for like 40 grand. And that was super cheap because even at that time, that house was worth like 70. But um, I locked it up for 40 grand and I was like, oh, great. I just got this loan from from the government, the EIDL loan. So this is the money I'm going to use to buy this property. So I literally didn't spend my money. I, I got this loan and I used, and I still bought it cash because I already had the cash on hand because they funded the loan. And and then I used, so that was 40 grand plus the extra money that was left over I used for rehab. And still I had some couple thousand left over. So I fully rehabbed it, stabilized it, put it uh, on the market. We rented it out. And I was collecting twelve hundred or eleven fifty a month at the time, and now the house is collecting like fourteen hundred a month. But um, after I had it rented for about a year, I went to my, uh, the bank and I refinanced it. And when I refinanced it, the va- they, the bank the bank valued at like one fifteen, one ten. I don't remember all the numbers, but at the end of the day, um, after the refinance process. 
I got $78,000 back, okay, because of the refi. I did a cash out refi. So the bank gave me $78,000. So I walked away with $78,000, a house, okay, that was purchased for, purchased by this loan, and I'm cash flowing on that thing. I think I think the mortgage ended up being like four or five, five hundred, five hundred or something like that, maybe just under. But I'm getting fourteen hundred. Okay, I'm getting fourteen hundred a month, and this thing has been rented solid nonstop since we put it into motion because we just got great tenants. We got amazing tenants, and um, they haven't moved out, and they're paying on time. So anyway, so that's that's pretty much the whole story. Um, you know, if you buy the house right and you go and re- you refinance it, you can get all your money back and some, and the and the tax free um, refi proceeds on top of what you already put in the property. If you do the bird deal right, okay. Now, okay, going going back to the loan part that I got from uh, the government, the EIDL uh, SBA loan. That's not always around, okay? That's not something that, like, um, you can go and do now. Actually, they stopped that a while ago. But there's always other things out there that you should always keep your eye out for. And that's, again, that's why it's important to be part of these groups, masterminds. Um, It's important to be part of um, even even like Facebook groups, like real estate investor groups. They talk about this stuff. And, and they give you some information that you wouldn't have known otherwise. Um, and th- so, and by the way, guys, so like I got a small loan, right? It was a 3% loan. It was 54000 or whatever. But there's some guys that I know, they got a million dollars, like 800000 to a million dollars. I'm not talking about PPP loans, none of that. I'm talking about just strictly EIDL uh, loans, some some guys walked away with half a million and some guys walked away with a million dollars in in EIDL money and they didn't have to start paying back till uh 2 years from the loan origination and there was a 3% a 3% locked in interest for 30 years it's it was basically free money that the government was giving away and they still are in many different ways but um, but at, at that particular time, that was that was the time that was the time to do it. And I wish I would have known. I would have applied a little bit differently because because imagine like I know this one guy who literally got this crazy loan of eight hundred grand on the EIDL. I mean, you obviously have to have a business. You have to have your taxes uh, set up properly. You have to have all the proper documentation. So it's not like he just went out there and, and scammed his way into a loan. No, you have to, you have to be legit. So he legit got this loan from the government and he went out with this money. Imagine 800,000. He went out with this money and he bought like four Airbnbs in Florida. And that was, and that was, um, what, like three years ago. That was three years ago. So, so that guy got uh, long-term debt, you know, government debt for, for 30 years for 3%, and he's got these Airbnbs that literally have doubled, if not quadrupled in value. So, like, he killed it. Um, you know, I killed it, not, not as much as he did, but I walked away with 70 grand and one property in my portfolio. Not a bad, not a bad deal, but I know that some guys really killed it. 
So anyway, I wanted to tell you about this story. Now, how can you replicate this? Okay, this will be my kind of like closing and and, um, uh, ending of the podcast. How can you replicate this if if EIDL loans and government loans are no longer a thing? Like government, the government has stopped that. Here's how you can do it, guys. So you can actually go out and you can get private money. So what I did, you know, is same same exact way that I did it, you know, except I got government money practically for free. You can go out and get private money. All right. You go out, get yourself some private money, a private money loan. You can I'll, I'll walk you step by step on how to properly do this. Okay, you first of all you need to know someone who's willing to lend you whatever. Let's say fifty grand for a house or a hundred grand for a house plus renovation. Somebody who's confident enough, who has enough money, who's um, who's who's pretty wealthy that a hundred grand is not going to make or break them. So um, you need to find a person like that. Then you need to um, go out there and secure this debt this private money loan under the house. And here's how we do this. We usually just do um, first position lien. So my private money lender, we will file a first position lien under that particular property we're rehabbing or purchasing. Okay. And like, you don't have to do like, it's, it's not you that's doing any of this paperwork. The title company does all this stuff. You just have to explain to them what you're doing. Hey, I have a private money lender and we want to put a first position lien under property. And when we go ahead and flip it or refi it and he gets paid back first, cause he's got, he's first position on it. So, so that's how you basically do it. You, you, um, you find the, the person that's willing to lend, um, you fill out, we use a promissory note and and we file that. So then we give that promissory note to um, the title company and the title company and a lawyer work together to put a lien on the property. And then and then we sign this paperwork and then it gets recorded with the county recorder's office. So now your lien is recorded on um, under this property. OK, so then, you know, this way, like. Your private money lender is safe. He knows that he has first position. So if anything ever happens, he gets paid first. Now, he obviously doesn't want to foreclose because that's the last thing that the lenders want to do. They just want to make sure that they're protected. And not only protected, they want to make sure that when the house sells, they get paid first. So um, so that that's how we do it. Um, and... If, if we're using private money, um, and our private money is usually, eight, we, we uh, lend at 8%. And I think 8% is a really good deal. I mean, some people do 10, some people do not. We do 8%. So the other way of doing it is just creating um, like a loan agreement with the business. So you can actually just like uh, put together a document like a loan doc that you're getting a you're you're getting a loan from a private money lender to your business for a year, for example. So it's not secured. The debt's not secured on the particular property, but it's just secured under the business. That the business can go out and fund rehabs or buy new properties or whatever, whatever. So you can secure this debt two different ways: under the house or with just uh, no um, business uh, private money to business lending. So we've done it both ways. Um, when you 
when you actually grow in the business and you start doing bigger and better things, there's ways to get other unsecured debt from the bank too. Like we got some unsecured line of credits from the bank. Um, and I think I'm not going to dive deep on this. I'll just touch on this. You can get unsecured line of credits from the bank. You, If you set up your taxes right, you can get crazy unsecured lines, hundreds of thousands of dollars of unsecured credit lines from the bank. And then you can just go out and buy what you want. So, but starting out, if you're not, if you don't have the taxes to show for, um, you you use all these different methods like government loans, EIDLs, private money, your money, you save up money, you refi your rentals, you refi your primary residence, uh, you put HELOCs on your on your primary residence and use that money. So there's many different ways of uh, funding your project. All right, guys, so hopefully I gave you guys some um, some good knowledge and some good tips in your business. I always try to uh, provide value in a way that I've like nobody provided to me, um, unless it was in the mastermind. Like the stuff that I talk about, I usually learned from some sort of a paid mentorship or some sort of a mastermind. Um, but otherwise, like nobody's going to tell you this stuff. So there you go, guys. Hopefully you liked it, and I'll see you on the next podcast. Peace.